Yo, what's good? For the taste show, CJ and Dino, episode one. You know, typically we have this long-winded intro that we bring in, but we change it up because we have changed up the place that we give our content to. But we want to make sure we get the particulars out of the way. Obviously, if you are listening to episode one and you found us right away, we appreciate you jumping over where we're at. But salute to that team over at Hot 7025. Good people, good folk. But the platform is now moving to a different direction, and we appreciate y'all going on that journey with us. Uh, follow at For the Taste show bk norris 13 mr duncan 4 on instagram follow at for the taste show with facebook for the taste show on twitter for some reason somebody jacked the name already and it's show underscore taste it's all connected you'll be able to find it when you go to the main plot and follow us on spotify google play we on itunes already which that one's kind of heavy spreaker uh, stitcher i think is the next one up just look at the whole thing once you go to the ig page you're going to be able to see where we at right now but uh we appreciate you going on this journey and if it sounds like we are starting in the uh, 10 o'clock witching hour on some smooth jazz, that ain't really it. We are doing what is necessary because we are, what would they say, grown folks doing the morning commutes and the traveling to be able to get some things done. So the morning sounds of CJ and Bino are coming through, but uh, live from the Colorado morning dwellings, what's good, B? Man, I'm chilling. Just happy to be in conversation with you after after, after transition. Just ready to get it cracking, man. Well, Here's the thing with it being uh, the first episode in and we have a lot of stuff that we haven't been able to get off of our chest because of the transition of different platforms. On For the Taste Show, we tend to want to make sure we stick to the three main cores, our, our mission statement of why the hell we even got into this platform. Business boxing and bullshit. And when we talk about boxing, that's pretty obvious. Most people like the words of the great, great, legendary, the original Black Mamba, Roger Mayweather. Most people don't know shit about boxing. <laughs> <laughs> so we like to be able to give our perspective off of it because we have some uh, very eclectic views and we do do our research. Unlike about 95% of the hacks that are out here doing podcasts that even talk about the sweet science, we actually know a good amount of our shit. We like to talk business enough and we don't sit here and go Bloomberg on y'all. It's more so business in the perspective of people that are being like real adults and things that you're seeing that really affects things in you know our lifetime of the common man. And then bullshit is just mainly anything that comes up in what you guys would like to say, current events and random topics. So that is typically the, we figured that on episode one, we give you more of a rundown of how this show is going to move along. And there's going to be different guests along the way. Sometimes I'll be co-hosts. Sometimes I'll be tag team partners on different episodes. All in all, the show is going to move in those three movements right there. If you want to get something else, by all means, there are hundreds of thousands of other podcasts. If you want to hear about Pottery Bean or if you want to hear about Bed Bath & Beyond sales and how to be able to get Groupon discounts, go find that. That ain't here. So if you're on this journey with us, you obviously know what the hell you're listening to. So we're getting that out of the way, B, since this is F1 and there are a few fights that have happened since we last had our conversations on the platform to now. We'll just go through kind of the, the quarter that was in the fight game. That way we can kind of look ahead to what's going on in the back end of the year. Although we're going to have some other episodes, we're just basically doing catch up for a lot of our folks. Good. Um, I'm, I'm 100% good with that. And I also, uh, I just got a confession in this episode one. And if we're going to get the journey cracking, it got to be cracking in the right way. Okay. Cleet, I think you successfully converted me into an MMA fan. I don't know if I want that to be the, the episode title, but I'm, I'm listening. It's right there. Something about to jot down. Um, I'm dead serious because I'm sitting there thinking about the Masvidal Diaz situation. And then I'm watching the other, uh, the young up and coming. Uh, it's like, is, is Dolly something athletic black fighter? Are you like, I don't know. It's 
I'm, I'm starting to appreciate the sport a lot more. Oh, Stylebender, Israel Alexander? Yes, 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 that dude. And then, like, just everything, I'm, I'm like, sitting there just going through my, my, my feeds and my daily routines, and I'm thinking about what's coming up next in UFC and how these matchups are. And next thing I know, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to dig into the weeds. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's not a bad secondary sport in the fight game to want to keep up with. And before anybody starts hunting, bashing me for saying secondary sports, stop. I just was at a function last night and at a brewery was having this conversation, you know, the whole thing, living in Vegas, this, that, and the third, you know, boxing versus MMA. And immediately because I said that boxing is my favorite sport, right? you don't like MMA? I was like, no, I like Bud Light too, but sometimes I like champagne. And that's right. just kind of like the view that I had on it. And, you know, having to explain right. that out there, Bud Light is palatable. And the reason why a lot of folks enjoy the FC and it's no knock because I enjoy the FC is- Ufica. Yeah, yeah Ufica, Zufa Incorporated it got overpaid for the product, but hey, good on them for stepping on it the right way. Right. You know, the, the thing about the FC is is people like it so much because they can keep up with it. Even the true common man knows when they see somebody get kicked upside the head. When they see somebody get choked out, they can't tell the difference truly between a triangle, a darse, you know, a Kimura. They they just know somebody just got tapped out. And I don't know too many of the different jokes, but I know enough of them because I've, you know, seen submission stops and watched enough of the fights. But you get my point, like they can see the, those kind of new nuances in boxing because it is or as they will call it stand up which is still the weirdest thing like yeah of course you're on your feet that's pretty obvious but you know in the fight game it's a little bit different they call it the sweet science for a reason you know for every big bang knockout there's a way that somebody set it up typically it's not just because they were throwing hands right. like it's a tough man contest so it's just it's a different mindset and where you got to be honest this current generation they tend to have a little bit of short-term you know attention spans so a fight that might go you know six rounds unless somebody's truly doing rock'em sock'em robots in there which we do have that in our sport too you're going to end up you know being more in line wanting to go see somebody that is you know for three rounds basically just throwing wild hands that and a lot of times looks like a mix between a bar fight and maybe high junior amateur boxing you know and i can respect when they get to the ground i can respect the different disciplines and that's why i'm good with it the big thing that you end up having to try to defend between boxing and the common person and that ends up saying, that, well, you know, boxing hasn't been the same since, you know, my favorite fighters, Mike Tyson, Floyd Mayweather, the great, that they only know this, the, the people that have been able to truly cross over. You try to explain to them is this, is that when you say mixed martial arts in America, people immediately say UFC. And, yeah, Ufica. Yeah, Ufica. Yeah, and there's hundreds of, you know, different organizations around the world, but there's really only UFC. And then there's a steep drop off to Bellator 1 um, rising, but the, it's big in, you know, Japan. Japan and in China, and those are on equal playing field in those parts of the world. There's still leagues. Boxing is a bunch of 1099 contractors that are signed to general contractors that are, you know, licensing them out. That's the best way to kind of make the correlation to people that might be in, you know, the construction business or in a retail business. That's basically what boxing does. So as you know, in that situation, it's a lot tougher to be able to wrangle everybody in and control the price or be able to control narratives or force you to use certain products. UFC can do that. Right. So, but right. that's why I always you see that you can guarantee sugar for shit. And I brought up, like, here's why that, and this will give us a good segue into one of the first fights I want to talk about was uh, it'll now be a couple weeks ago. So I'm not going to date the episode, but a couple weeks ago, Canelo Alvarez versus Sergey Kovalev at MGM Grand capitulated and posed while the BMF belt that The Rock, you know, handed to Jorge Masvidal after his stoppage three against Nate Diaz happened. And anybody that is, you know, 
30 with the F boy hairstyle, wearing some off whites and two tight jeans, sat there and says, you know, UFC is now king, you know, boxing bow down. Uh. What did Jorge Masvidal do immediately after that fight? I think I could knock Canelo out. Reason why Conor McGregor has FU money is because of boxing. Jorge Masvidal wants some of that FU money. It seems like anybody that becomes a crossover hit, they want some of that FU boxing money. So at the end of the day, did you really win? Really? Right. But so that that's really what got me even thinking about the uh, the comparison between the two sports. The fact the fact is you had two fighters that epitomize fighting fighting in the ring on UFC or the cage whatever in UFC it, it wasn't like you had you know two uh two technicians even though Nate Diaz is a technician mm-hmm. you know but and and, and Masvidal is a technician too I mean I, I mean it, you got to be a technician to be at that level in sport but they're bringing them tools into the ring and they playing NBA Street they're not playing 2K <laughs> you, you you know what I mean so. Them, them getting down in the ring, and if you're a fight fan, if you got to choose between that or I, I don't want to, I don't want to be too uh, transparent. But look, that's not the same Kovalev. That oh, is no, not the no, same Kovalev. You, don't, don't, don't you sit there and take away from Canelo's victory. I'm kidding. First off, you're 100 percent correct. Oh. But, but the spin oh, yeah, job, because... that, the spin job that they're doing. It, well, okay, so we're gonna hit the Canelo. <laughs> Because here's the thing. I, I started thinking we was on the other show, and I was like, man, I don't want to start throwing that shit out there, but I really feel that. I really feel that Kovalev took some money to take that fall, and oh. I think it was there. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I didn't want to get into that like that. Well, no, top, you, you already didn't brought it up. If you think that Kovalev took a fall, I don't believe Kovalev took a fall, but why do you believe Kovalev took a fall? This fool wasn't fighting. Okay, all he's doing is pawing him with the jab all night. And I get it. You don't like it to the body, but come on now. This is Canelo Alvarez. This ain't Andre Ward coming at your body. And I know that Canelo, Canelo is an elite body puncher, but come on now, bro. Like, this ain't... I mean, you've been in there with some bangers. You made Canelo Alvarez look better than Menard Hopkins. Here's why I wouldn't say that he got paid for this fight. Buddy McGirt during... Oh, oh wait, wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. But but are you, are you talking about the three-fight deal that he signed after with the zone? He had, had that for, already. Take, for taking his... He had that as a guarantee on the fight. This, this was fight one of the three-fight deal. So, yes. He gets a comeback fight and then one on the way out. So the first fight was his Canelo fight. Here's what Buddy McGirt said on Radio Road before the fight, that they go was basically just to jab all night because anytime he extended the jab too long, it put himself out there to get hit. So he it looked like a sparring session because he was nervous, truth be told, to truly exchange. And he might have gotten sparked out. I don't think it would have been a body shot that would have taken him out regardless, but anything that he would have extended with his right hand, he was going to get caught with something over the top the inevitable happened it just took canelo 11 rounds to figure out how to cut it off and to be able to make the sequence go off yeah i don't i'm just, I'm just not buying that because he was over there just this was not the same kovalev man like he just yeah, fought he, six weeks prior and it should have been stopped six weeks ago against uh, anthony yardick that eighth round was a tough round and then to come right back at 37 years old with a fighter that does live hard and then do a five-week camp and he missed weight the first two times in, so he had to dry himself out again and then have to hit within 10 pounds that next morning and then go into the fight after a 90-minute delay. And when you know right. that the game plan was basically just to jab because you were scared the pit bull would get underneath your jab and start working the body and then be able to catch you slipping and bring your hand down, basically the fight would have ended in round six versus round 11. You can see 
how he got to that point. And he's making a business decision regardless of what anybody says. And you can't knock him for that. We have to know somewhere in his psyche when he said he started tiring around round six, he made a business decision to really start looking like he was nervous because even his tempo slowed down after round seven or eight, where I can see a lot of people's point where it looks like he basically didn't want to be there. and He was trying to find a way to get out the door. He got knocked out the fucking door. And that's probably what he didn't want. He probably wanted to find a way to get, you know, a little like the Eladir Alvarez loss that he had where, you know, he gets knocked down a few times. And he's, you know, concussed or he might be out of it. And then the ref stops it. He ain't want to get sparked out that way. Twelve million ain't yeah, going to get oh, you a concussive like that. OK, but 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 then why? Why would you go ahead and uh, and, and throw your power, throw your heat after you ain't thrown it all fight? Now you want to throw your heat because like, come on now. He went back to go back and see. Here's where you got to do. You got to do your Googles, bro. Got to do your Googles. Go back and watch the Elder Alvarez fight. Look at that sequence, how that fight ended. And that fight wasn't worth anywhere near the gate and anywhere near the prestige. So you're saying that he threw that fight in that same way. And then if you skip past the Ward fight, which we all know what fight two, that shouldn't have been the stoppage way that it was. Go back and look at the Anthony Yarde fight. He, no, no, but Kovalev quit though. Kovalev quit against Ward. All right, you're jumping. You're, you're jump cutting. You're jump cutting. Stay here on this topic here. Go back and watch those three fights in particular and see the the knockdown sequences especially in the Alvar or the Alderes fight with Illidir a year ago and even in the rematch how he fought that that Sergey Kovalev is what came into the ring against Canelo the Kovalev of you know 2012-13 against Nathan Cleverly or Anthony Chalimba or Jan Pascal yeah, Kovalev go from black trainer to black trainer I mean on the piece oh. of shit meter we're not sitting there judging that that's a whole different conversation about the fight game in that point there's a whole lot right. of, of suspect characters in that shit but um here's the here's the one thing I will let you get your point off about Kovalev because I'm going to throw you two questions one is to be able to to stomp on Kovalev however you choose to and then the other one to basically stomp on Canelo however you choose to first one with Kovalev what now because as you said he's got two more fights with DAZN and there's really no business in the light heavyweight division at DAZN I mean Dimitri Bivol is kind of a free agent and he's trying to get the Canelo fight and he's even said that he can still make 168 because he's kind of a small light heavyweight and top rate runs the light heavyweight division with Arter Bitabiev unifying against uh, Teddy Atlas's kid. I'm drawing a blank on. Oh, Alexander Gavolstik a couple of weeks back. So there's no real business at light heavyweight. And then you even got Jean Pascal and Badu Jack, your second cousin from Sweden. That's the over on the PBC. So there's really no action for Kovalev. So is he even worth seeing fight again? So I'm going to give you that one first. I, I, I think that Kovalev has to be done, in my opinion, because he's not the same Kovalev. And I, I still operate off of the pressure because there he was a monster, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, he never he never corrected those technical mistakes that he didn't develop early on with the inside fighting. It was but there was a reason why he got to the level where he got to without that being exposed. Right. You know, he he's a monster. He was a monster. And this version of him, it's like seeing, you know, it's like seeing that old dog with no teeth. It's like, yeah, he used to bark and chase the kids. But now this dude can't even he could bark but he can't bite the, the power isn't there you know he I'm, I'm not saying that he should have beat canelo alvarez i hate on canelo a lot as you know but 
But if I'm being if I'm being real, it's that me not acknowledging him as one of, if not the greatest active fighter and boxer in the world right now, you know, that'd be an ignorant statement. He he can go. But it's like if you could let your hands go against the greatest fighter of our generation, you know, in Andre Ward, in my opinion, or the greatest the, the 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 greatest boxer technician of the past generation at your weight, in my opinion, which is B-Hop. And you let your hands go against those guys, but you don't at least let your hands go against Canelo. It tells me that 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 light switch, that 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 flick to the flame, that trigger, whatever you want to call it, that thing is gone. And there's no point on even putting your body through 36 more rounds of of, of just ass whooping. Yeah, you know, just let it go. Let it go. The cash out is real. I mean, let's put it this way: if Sergey Kovalev was 32 versus being 37 and lived the hard life, and also the pending court cases i couldn't see his camp putting him right back into the ring even for that kind of payday in a five basically a five and a half week turnaround time like you you would see it looks different so to truly call it a cash out would be unfair to sergey because he still technically his game plan was solid enough to give a good effort but it looks more like a cash out upon the back end of it and give him a farewell fight or a you know a comeback fight even if it is on the zone and then send him off with somebody that's you know somewhere in the mid-teens or the the high mid-teens to top five in the light heavyweight division and then call it because anything else after that it's going to end up being where he'll start getting sparked out and his resume although it is defined and he was at a point in time the man at 175 even though adonis superman stevenson you know glad to see that he's doing better but he was the lineal champion because of who he beat but we looked at sergey as being the man because of what he accomplished but his record and his resume isn't strong enough to where he can go the roy jones evander holyfield etc etc route and start getting sparked out by decent dudes and then you still remember his prime years if that makes sense no that that makes a hundred percent sense i mean you even bringing up adonis we never got to see that fight yeah <laughs> i mean he was calling that boy chick on something yeah superman baby <laughs> superman no all jokes aside with i mean people could say what they wanted to about superman stevenson but it's good to see that he's back in good health overall and was able to regain a lot of his functionality uh, after that stoppage that he had to Kowalski at 175, we've actually lost five fighters in the the last 12 months to the fight game. There was actually the gentleman that lost his life in sparring last week uh, due to a body shot, and then just ended up having a internal issue and, and checked out. So this is the hurt business for a reason, and why they call it. So the other question I was going to hit to you with is with Canelo now. Canelo, we've said it on the record, we've said it off the record, and I'm not talking about that he loves you know tacos from Mexico. Mexico, which the WBC now is magically being more lenient on clenbuterol because of the contaminated meat problem in Mexico. Okay. Right. But as far as with the Canelo thing, when it comes to Canelo, we've talked about it on many different ways. The greatest thing that he ever got out of that 12 round schooling from Floyd wasn't the boxing technique. It was how to finesse the fight game. Canelo Alvarez is the number one attraction in boxing regardless of what anybody says. He brings in the highest number. But Vegas, because I was in town for the week, it it wasn't the same kind of lift and yeah. Canelo didn't have to do as much press or as much um, moving and shaking because that's the one thing when you get guaranteed money you don't have to push it harder and he wasn't having to worry about pay-per-view upsides because of the zone guarantee and how they sell it and Vegas was a little bit light you know the the pressers were a little bit thin the weigh-in you could see seats and typically for Canelo fights you could put him in with damn near anybody and you can get a good crowd the arena did a good amount of 
ticketing, but they also had about 1,100 comps from what the State Athletic Commission posted. It, it brings up that the promotion was kind of rushed because the zone has done a good job in a year and a half, which we talked about on our old platform, but they were trying their best to be able to get three straight months to where people paid that monthly nut or that year to be able to get the show and the, the subscription because they had Triple G last month and then that way they can go with Canelo this month and then the Anthony Joshua, I'm sorry, Anthony Joshua and the Andy Ruiz fight in December. So to be able to get three billing cycles with fights. But the thing was, is they could have put a different fight on this November if Canelo would have went on his original date back in September. But that's the leverage and the power of Canelo. Canelo is moving by his own rules at this point. So even though he is a 175-pound champion, I don't see him going across the street to fight an Arthur Bitabiev, the, the mall and bear that's kind of like Khabib, uh, the Khabib of boxing. I don't see him really hanging around in 168 and fighting anybody of real note between you know the Callum Smith, who won the World Boxing Super Series and who's considered number one at the division, or even in the PBC universe, because that is a more PBC dominated weight class than people probably think of, you know, between Caleb Plant and Anthony, uh, not Anthony Durrell. Oh, I'm sorry that I was even about to bring up the dog. Uh, uh, <laughs> Benavidez, the other Benavidez, uh, David Benavidez, it's at that David weight class. And yeah. uh, they've got three of the four bell holders in that, that space over there. I, I know I'm drawing a blank on the other one. Um, and I'm sorry, Billy Joe Saunders is the guy that's carrying that. I forgot that he, I don't even want to talk about that nonsense. But so, but overall, PBC has more of a space at 168. Canelo's not going to go do that right there. I, it's hard for me to believe, even with some of the best Mexican street tacos, that he can shed off that 15 pounds of muscle to get back to 160. So the days of him fighting at 160 are over. If I had to take a guess, and I'm going to throw it to you because I did want you to get the initial question, but what for what would be next for Canelo is going to be finally turning in this triple G card because he looks ripe enough for the picking to get that last W, but it's not going to be at 60. It'll be at 168 for that flugazy belt that he got when he went to Madison Square Garden and beat up Rocky Fielding at 168 last year because he didn't want to make weight. So what are your thoughts as far as what Canelo is going to do next? I think that he takes a, a page out of that Floyd uh, Floyd Mayweather's guide to business and he goes on his his Victor Ortiz tour you know and you just fight to stay relevant but you're not really fighting uh, the next champ and you gotta let these opponents actually build themselves up to be like hey you know what there's no denying that maybe this time next year or in two years he's fighting fighting a dog you know and, and it's on the rest of the guys because he is the money guy and he should be able to dictate and the stuff that we're seeing is just you know tomato cans you know do I think that like uh, uh, Andre could beat him. Yeah, but I gotta. It's on Andre to get to that level. Yep. You know, it's 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 on it's on Charlo. Charlo, it, it hasn't been a good look for them in the past twelve. No, the email you know, champions don't look good. Where you know this franchise nonsense, and then you become a champion, but he hasn't done enough to to make that voice. And this is with you still believing that Canelo's going to be able to get back down to one sixty. I just I have a tough time believing he can cut that kind of weight back down. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm saying even at even at sixty or even at sixty eight or or wherever, I'm just what well, I guess what I'm getting that is that I don't see I don't see a opponent whose profile is high enough to to you know call out Canelo and have him come into the ring at this point you yeah. know and, and Canelo in his past 12 to 15 months I mean he's disposed of Triple G and Kovalev he went up and knocked out the light heavyweight champion <laughs> You know, like, like regardless of what, which one that he picked, think, and if if it was yeah. the weakest out, he still that was his accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's still two A side trophies 
that's on your on your trophy case. And, and you know, so, I wait, mean, hold I, on. And, and I just want to say that out there again. He really loves tacos from Mexico because his power magically, right. you know, went up 15 pounds and he looked right. he looked bigger, stronger, faster. And somehow or another, he's going to be able to shave that weight and still be bigger. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think, man. Oh, yeah. And, and, and as you and as you said, they have allowed higher levels of clenbuterol. When I heard that, I'm like, OK, so oh, here you, we don't, go. you don't get the <laughs> you don't get to inject the full dosage of the needle. You can only do half. Yeah, I can't get like, the full corner side of plate. I can just get the, the two plate tacos. That's about and, how much I and can I'm, And I'm thinking about black market advertising and, you know, like, come on down to, to Bino's where you can get the highest grade ground beef with 10% complete all for $5 off. Like, I mean... That's nasty from the WBC, but it's a... It's, you, you, it's like you understand the game and you understand there's a dirty side of the game, but it's, it's, it's almost like the the pretty girl going to the bathroom and you know she's taking a, a, a dump in there but now they're showing the camera of her taking the shit and wiping it like that's what the WBC is doing with that like it's it's a it's it's, it's bad thanks B that, I, I got that visual thank you mm-hmm. yeah just in, and now coming out washing the hands and sitting back down at the table and it it was it wasn't a clean one it was a streaker you know what I mean like just yeah yeah okay okay so you still think that he's going to do the dance and just basically pick and choose who he wants to fight. And we're both in agreement that the next one will be at his own weight. It'll be triple G because it's the most amount of money he can make with the least amount of risk. And then he can say that he's daring to be great finishing challenges because quote, this is what the fans want has nothing to do with the fact that diminished goods of a now 35 on 36 year old fighter who has lived a more you know healthier life and a more natural athlete will say is on the decline. Dude, what, what was, uh, I, I forgot his name. What was it? that Triple G just fought. What was it? Sergey Derevianchenko. Derevianchenko. Hey, I don't care what anybody says. I thought that Canelo beat Triple G last time. Derevianchenko beat up Triple G. Yeah, it's, you can see, it's almost like WWE scripting at this point. That's where Canelo's going to go next in May. He's going to go back to his date. Big gate. Everybody's going to come watch. G's going to put up a hell of a fight. It's almost like you're repeating the Sergey Kovalev story. They're going to, I mean, G, like we talked about it on, you know, the prior, with this contract that he got from the zone as much as it was about him eventually getting the canelo fight it was that he was getting equity in the company so he's already thinking on his way out this isn't the promoter you know hat where i'm setting up a promotional company that way i can you know funnel money more into my paycheck he really is looking at the step out so they're going to give him another opportunity to get step out money. And you can see that they're just going to run that same story back. And then we'll get to May. Everybody's going to bloviate about that Canelo's the greatest thing since sliced bread, which it's still tough for me to say this, that common, even not even common, that there's press pundits that are getting paid. And we do this on the hobby, but they're getting paid for a living. And they act like it hasn't been more than 15 months since Canelo got popped for high levels of that clenbuterol before we even knew right. what the WBC was going to do. Like he got caught for doping and now he's the number one fighter in the sport i i don't want to go on that sandbox because we're going to end up talking about dirty sports in all sports on one of our episodes because we're going to get some people from different lines and different industries that have connections to other sports to just talk about doping in the sports um is one of our upcoming episodes but just to to wrap this one up and then be able to hit up one other boxing topic as we get to the back end of the episode once he gets through this whole triple g thing he really can just lay back and use that narrative that you said of nobody has built a platform strong enough for me to have to really even challenge anybody so I can lay back for you or I can go up or I can get somebody to catch weight that's half decent. He is he is now Floyd. 
in the true business sense. Yeah. He he will not be TBE, but he'll be as close you can get to TBE as possible. Yeah, and and he's going to even attract that because again, who was Floyd Mayweather's rival? When when I think of when I think of the great uh, Mexican champions, you always think about their rival, even in the Marquez sense, where he didn't get to have a Mexican rival. He had Pacquiao, <laughs> you know, like. I have, who is Canelo's rival? They're trying to make it as Triple G as his rival. But if we're being honest, those fights weren't. Uh, and he got him. They were, he got him at a time where he knew that G was on the backside of it, not a hundred percent on the backside. Because here's what will always be another asterisk to me when it comes to Canelo Alvarez. Outside of the tight decisions, yeah, his resume is probably the greatest active resume compared to Manny Pacquiao's. But Manny on his resume has you know TKO eight, you know TKO six, stoppage nine. It's not. Split decision, 12. It's not majority decision, 12. It's not draw. It's not split decision, 12. It's not unanimous decision, but it's 115, 113, three times, 12. You get my point? Right, like, like he got KO two on Ricky Hatton. Man, like, that's, that on. is still probably one of the ten best left hooks that we've seen in the last ten years. That was, yeah. and that's pushing on the back end of the ten years. But Jesus, that was beautiful. Like he was, he was, he was knocked out before he hit the ground. Like it was, the whole arena knew that Ricky Hatton at that point was not with us any any longer. Yes, like it was here on the the wrap up of just random um, topics here too and I want to make sure that we are very gentle in how we bring this up anybody going to talk about Earl Spence mm. and what I mean talk about him is that you know there are certain rumblings that are in the back channels of you know it, thankfully enough I don't have a lot of keys and plugs into that kind of level of contact but there's a few that we can hit on dms and be able to have conversations or text messages or phone calls and what they are saying there's a lot of rumor that is pushing towards that there is now go figure some secondary injuries that happen you know i had a car accident you've seen and been involved in accidents it isn't the first you know month that you feel what happened it's two or three months back in where it really starts to settle in and word on the Mm. curb is that there's now some secondary impact that happened from a man being ejected out of a flying little vehicle that was on the ground Um, right and even if you say that that's half true and that it's not as bad as they think with just injuries the pvc has always done they're halfway bad i'll give them a little bit credit they've gotten better now but for the most part when it comes to pressers and letting people know status of fighters terrible job just because of how the business model is set up with the different ghost promoters because al Heyman being the advisor but really being the puppet master yeah 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 for them to not even put anything out you know even if it's a fluff piece with earl sitting up with the thumb up that he usually does after he's had a fight where he's won then you know something they've done nothing they've went silent and on top of them going silent because of that we also know that he did get charged with the Dewey. So it's going to become public record whenever he has to appear that first time in court. So why aren't you at least getting in front of it? I think, quite honestly, this has less to do with the court piece. I think Earl is way more messed up than a lot of folks probably know. Because again, if you get hit in a car doing 65 and you're doing 25, that's one thing. Or you, you know, a one car accident doing a hundy and you run into a, a light pole. That's a whole other thing to get ejected because you don't have your seatbelt on and fly out of a car that was doing over 100 miles an hour on some side streets. Yeah, you know I mean, that's 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 something different. Man, I, I, I think it's just the safety and the health of the fighter first from just the fact that he got charged with the Dewey. That's been his. In, in in general senses, like that's being swept under the rug, like it's just a DUI. Yeah, because like, some because some folks are also saying that he may end up being 
pushed to rehab right now too to dry himself out because we have joked around on many of times on and off the mic that we've seen him on you know social media being off the straight sauce so yeah right and and i mean it was and it was rumors and you know it's been used in verbal exchanges with other fighters and trainers that he stays sauced up you know uh when when he when he and crawford had that exchange in the backstage he was like he was like look at that he he started pinching at his his gut at his side yeah his gut it's like man um they're 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 in in they're in that dangerous business man the hurt game it's like that scene in Django. you know when when they walk upstairs and they beating each other on the floor like dude and to cope with that using alcohol like if he's if he's been successful being being a drunk up to this point it's not gonna change it and you saw the post that he put up oh i'm a beast I'm savage no yeah i'm a savage it's like no nah, dude you're you're blessed to be walking away from this situation where your car flipped over the median you're ejected and it didn't land on your head like well hold on. all that weight just the first word that you said you lucky to be walking <laughs> right right it is a it, i mean so yeah from from that standpoint and and even with me i'll be honest with you cj that's it's been hard for me to even look at that because um, I, 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 just, I just know how that affects uh, how, how that affects your overall life. And, you know, we've grown up and we've come through our different situations. But you know that when you're in that mindset, you do feel like you're Superman, you know, and you do feel like you're the exception. And if there is that secondary damage, man, I mean, like you said, we've lost five in the game this year. Can you imagine this man walking to the ring or something like that and that being exposed on that night? Yeah, some kind of it, secondary brain injury that wasn't really brought yeah. to the light or something. Yeah. Yeah, cause yeah. It could happen. Yeah. And I mean you you're already losing every time you every time you're pissy drunk, you've lost brain cells. Brain cells are the only cells you don't get replenished. Those are gone. And you know, you 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 go through that. I I honestly I, I know we haven't talked about it since it really happened, but dude, I I seriously pray for the young man. Like I pray for him because it's just not it's not good. It's not healthy, and a lot of this stuff can be taken away quick. I mean, just like uh, I know you were gonna touch on it. Uh, just like with, with with the homie badass, you know, it, it's crazy. Life comes at you fast. Yep. And to clear out on the boxing topics, and then just to give that little last piece out that you brought up with badass. Uh, when it comes to Earl Spence. He left out of that ring against Sean Porter, undoubtedly the 1A of the welterweight division, depending on how you looked at it. Some people still go with Bud, which I did. Uh, But either way, he was he had everything in front of him from a life perspective. His biggest fight to date is now going on through all this. I don't see the same fighter being in the ring ever again, uh, because even the great fighters lose a little bit of their greatness every time they got through the ropes in just a boxing match. And he fought death and barely survived on the scorecards. So you hope that you at least get 95 percent of Earl Spence. Because 95% of Earl Spence at the proper weight because he's going to have to go up and wait. He won't be able to maintain 147 when he comes back. Uh, he'll They'll do it long enough to be able to make a fight or two, but you'll see him go up. Um, you you hope that you get to still see him at 95% because he'll still be an elite fighter at that point. The Terrence Crawford fight is basically in the wind unless they truly think that Earl is washed goods. And that'll be your key sign right there if they ever make that fight in the next 15 months. As far as in the fight game, it actually has opened up the division again. And 
and it's going to make for all these sanctioning bodies to be nasty, nasty, nasty and do interims and regulars and schmegula degula diamonds and all that because they're going to put Earl basically on ice and let uh, Danny Garcia fight Sean Porter again for an interim green strap or the uh, the IBF who is good to their word because they almost went out of business because of corruption. They may end up holding off and just doing a true interim, which will be real, but even that will get pushed off somewhere else. We don't know how it's all going to play itself back out. And then still, it still leaves Terrence Crawford out there in the dust. So if they think that Earl is really damaged, they'll push him towards Terrence as a crossover or whoever is the next it out of that group, which they really don't have. Or they'll just let all these other guys fight in the mix for these little half trinkets until Earl can truly get right and come back, but then get right out of the division and get to 54. Regardless, Earl will not be the same. And if that's not a reminder that even the baddest people can end up being damn near damaged if they do dumb shit, uh, I don't know what is. That's the best way to be able to put that. Uh, as we wrap up this episode un, of For the Taste, uh, respect to an RIP to, you know, the, the little homie badasses Snoop and them would say, uh, mainly just because, you know, we'll occasionally give our respects to people that go in and out of the fight game and anywhere else in entertainment. But I just remember that's one of those songs right there in my to-go pack of the last 10 years of just dope music that just ran with me in the last 20 years of dope music that ran with me is just that, that wrong idea track and just hearing him snap off of that uh, they said that he ended up dying in jail complications from something they haven't given official reasons from the coroner and he was in jail due to a dv charge it was something that he was you know had a small bail on so likelihood is he was going to be getting out in a couple of days so it seemed somewhat odd that he went out the way that he did uh, we don't know what's going to end up happening of it but uh just respects to one of the the legendary west coast sounds and he was a youngin when that song came out so to only be 43 when he actually passed is crazy and again he's 43 and for folks around our numbers i mean that's that's just perspective in itself to be like man time is valuable bro and ain't no guarantee that you're gonna get it yeah i mean badass uh you write that wrong idea was like that was that was the intro but like badass was always snapping on dog pound stuff snoop stuff east sider stuff like i went out i actually bought a couple of bads out you know just because and i had a couple of them memorized because that's how much you know uh you would listen to it uh, and I was talking with my, I was talking with my brother and, um, it, it just got me to talking. It's like, man, you know, badass. He reminds me of that, of that homie from the hood. Like, uh, the album I'm listening to right now is that Jay Stone. Have you, have you heard that one yet? I have not, but I'll put that to the playlist. Yeah. It's like, it's like, man, with, with Nip passing away, Nip is like the symbolic, you know, Nip is somebody you could put on a stamp and everybody likes, you know, light skin, tall, good looking, you know, like just he's that representation. But what people don't understand, I feel, is that there's a whole flock of people that's just like him with a different voice. And that's how, you know, it's like you hear it from a different angle, you know, like badass to me was was the one one of the realest ones that I could relate to because he was the young homie from the hood coming up, seeing his older brothers and older cousins have success hopping into the game. He's not going to have the same angle as them because he wasn't a part of that original tribe, but he could still spit. Right. And the stuff he spat was 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 dope. Like, Badass is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, one of the albums that it's like, you know, I still listen to his verse on the east side. It's like, <laughs> he's like, fuck it, you know what I'm saying? I'm in the beach with the Cadillac Fleetwood, Seven Deuce with the red back banging ODs like a code OG. I'm like, man, like, this fool be going off. Like, he's he, he the truth, man. So, yeah, shout out 
out to the homie dad. Yeah, rest in peace, man, to West Coast legend. And as we film this episode, I'm actually in Southern California and flying out of SoCal LBC. So I'm going to end up throwing some of that on and just pay my respects to, to the West Coast. And uh, on that, man, that makes sense to be able to go ahead and wrap up episode one. Before we get out of here, we truly appreciate anybody that listened through. Make sure that you follow at For The Taste, at Mr. Duncan for BK Norris 13. And when this episode drops, because we doing it on the new platforms, it's a three pack. So episode two and episode three will be out as well as episode one. By the time you get to this one, you'll be able to see episode two and episode three with our brethren. Episode two with B-Love, fresh out of Denver. That one is hilarious. Um, shouts out. I, I F with Tab is Tab is the episode name on that one. And then episode three with Shad Mill is Lavender Baby Oil Salesman. So look out for those two episodes that are playing out. Either way, we appreciate y'all being on the journey. We're going to make it a lot easier to be able to interact with you guys and this one you'll be able to find us anywhere as we build out we'll make sure that we share some of that appreciation back with y'all give y'all the merch do whatever we can to be able to say that we appreciate what you guys are doing listening to us talk that shit about boxing business and bullshit on that note for Bino and CJ we out appreciate y'all yeah.